Did you hear about the French restaurant that exploded and caught on fire? There was debris everywhere. Oh, welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners who are rising from recession. And our guest this week, well, this is a farm to table restaurant that is truly locale. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Heather Laganelli, the owner and proprietor of Locale Farm to Table. Welcome to Small Business Thank Celebration. You. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And for visioneers who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? My name is Heather Laganelli, and I am the owner of Locale Farm to Table. We are a farm to table establishment. We locally source and use sustainable and organic ingredients. Now, if you're listening to this program, you may hear gusts of wind, you may hear traffic, you may hear fire trucks and sirens, you may hear people walking by, maybe even a UFO or two that happens to come through. And it's, it's all because we are here in downtown Bakersfield where there is never a dull moment. And we are outside on the patio yes. of Locale Farm to Table. And the reason we're interviewing and talking to Heather today is because she is a true creative. And so often there's the misbegotten cliche that a true creative person is a rotten business owner. Heather is not, because she has had a very successful restaurant here, here in the heart of downtown. And I wanted to chat with you, Heather, and, and find out First of all, explain to our audience who don't know you so well, you're not originally from Bakersfield and then you came here because? So I moved to Bakersfield back in 2003. So I have been here now for... A long time. That's a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't even know that. I totally, no, I think it's 2004. So I've been here for 17 years. <laughs> 17 years I'm practically native I mean I don't know what you're talking about I'm from Bakersfield there you are there it is it's like you were raised here or, or something. something yeah so um yeah all of my professional life has been sent has been spent in Bakersfield you went through and you didn't start this business you went out and bought this business and shifted it and changed it into your own image, which you wanted it to do. First of all, why did you go out and buy a business instead of go out and start a business on your own? Yeah, let me explain a little bit about that so people know where we're coming from. So when I first, first started the restaurant, it was 2015, July right. 7th of 2015. And um, there was uh, an offer on the table for me to purchase Union Station Deli, which was formerly owned by Vicky. Uh, Leather, Leatherwood? Woods, Vicki Woods. I just made up her name for a second. <laughs> By Vicki Woods. Um, and she had been in business for 10 years, which is pretty crazy. For a restaurant. Especially. For a restaurant, 10 years. And she started with guerrilla marketing. Like she went door to door downtown. She 
passed out her menu and she built a business from nothing. And so for me, I didn't have, she was about to retire. She, uh, she did that as her like last hurrah before she would retire. That was her dream to right. own a restaurant. Right. And so, um, so I, uh, I was able, I was lucky enough to be able to have an opportunity to kind of piggyback on her dream and create a business from a, an existing business customer base, which is not uh, something that a lot of restaurants do. So for me, I was fortunate enough to have the client base coming in every day um, and generating revenue so I didn't have to put $300,000 or $400,000 into the business to start it up. Yeah. So from there, uh, Union Station Deli transitioned sure. into Locale Farm to Table. And like I said, um, to in former talks with people in town, you know, uh, interviews and whatnot, I've I've always said it was some of the hardest days of my life. Right. Because people hated me. It was so <laughs> you were frustrating. changing the menu. How dare you? They did you? not like me at all. Literally, <laughs> they would look at me and they'd be like, uh, there is salt and pepper on this, ma'am. Or they would ask me to talk to the owner and I'm like, I am the owner. That's me. And they're like, well, isn't, what about there might like, there's a dishwasher or something back there. And they're like, what about that guy? Cause he was older. Right. No, no, it's just me. Not, not, well, not unless you, you have gray hair, you can't be the owner, correct? I guess. Well, it also <laughs> is a little bit challenging because the couple that had owned it before were just about to retire. And so I had stepped uh, into a space where people were used to, it was a mom and pop environment and they were just older and more, it was like the grandma's like cooking concept, right, you sure, know, and sure. here I am like, talking about aioli and chimichurri and fun and exciting like sauces and they're just looking at me like I had 20 heads and I was an alien. But you intentionally and incrementally changed the menu. Right, so I slowly but surely, depending on, so it all started with seasonal items. So I was going to the farmer's market and I was checking out what was in season and then every time I would go to the farmer's market I would try to figure out a way to incorporate something that I had picked up at the market or that was in season or something that played off of something that I had had before. Ah. So right now I'm doing a top 15 countdown for our top 15 items on our menu. Nice. It's been really interesting to kind of pinpoint where the inspiration came. Sure. So uh, today we featured our stone fruit and field green salad which is one of our most popular salads. Sure. And um, it was interesting just to like look back. So I had a blog that I created a while back right. and I pulled up the blog recipes and things that I had posted years and years ago. And there was a take on the stone fruit and field grade salad in my blog, but it wasn't quite where it is now. It was right. just the, found, like the, the fundamental elements, like the foundation of the salad right. were like a little glimmer in my eye way back in the day. One of the things that I wanted to touch on is every restaurant in town has a catering division, an arm, an aspect. And one of the things Bakersfield is known for, too, is very much supporting local. Explain to us how you locally source as much as you can, yeah. because you can't source everything locally. Right. But you try to source everything as locally as you can. And why is this important when an organization, a business wants to cater an event, especially something that wants to support local? Right. So like I tell people, um, it's kind of like a domino effect. So we support as many people as we can on a local level. And by doing that, it's creating more jobs and more s stability for families. Um, Specifically, was really impressed recently by uh, Scott at 
uh, Hopeful Harvest. Mm. He had uh, reached out to me last week and he just said that uh, we were able to get him through the pandemic because of the support of um, our our. We, we buy something from him every day. Nice. Yeah. Very good. So just that's one element of our business. So everything that we do is uh, is based on organic, sustainable, and locally sourced food. So we have a little bit of a pecking order. So we start off by going to the farmer's market. We figure out what's in season. We try to like sprinkle whatever we can in from the farmers from the farmer's market. And then we have other farmers and artisans that we work with locally. So Jackie from the Hensers, she's... Almost lost it. <laughs> Jackie from the Hens Roost, um, she, she produces almond butter and different types of nut butters. I think she has like 10 different varieties of nut butters. And so we'll use those for our cookies. We have this thing called Heaven on Earth. Have you tried it? No, I haven't. You're missing out. Okay, well, it's, I'll have some tomorrow. You should. It's a croissant. It's a dessert sandwich. Okay. So it's a croissant. It's grilled inside out and we cut it into like four pieces so it's easy to share. But we use uh, chocolate hazelnut spread, uh, sauteed bananas. You can even get it with uh, local berries. We use uh, strawberries right now. Um, and then it has an almond butter from her, some local almonds and a marshmallow cream sauce. And so it's really different. Like it's, nice. it's like a Sounds good. very, it's, it's like a big kid dessert, you know? <laughs> like yeah. A little, little bit of sinfulness, but you know, that's okay. I'm, I'm, Delicious. Absolutely. Absolutely. Delicious. Part of the success that you've had with Locale Farm to Table is social media. Yes. And I've heard from a very reliable source, last week's guest here on Small Business mm -hmm. Celebration, uh, told me that you are very good at social media. and. First of all, why is social media important? And then second of all, what are a couple things that you do that you have found to be extremely effective? So social media is important because it basically expands your reach. Uh, from a marketing standpoint, um, advertising used to be print, TV, radio. There was certain platforms that people would use to kind of networking. But now we have this magical platform that is accessible via the internet. Right. And uh, we have the ability to reach tenfold the people that we could in the past and right. so making connections with people is a little bit easier these days than it has been ever in our lifetime. Well especially here during COVID and the pandemic even though it's springtime from COVID as, I, as I've been referring through, through this whole period people have gotten used to pulling out their mobile device and that's where they're getting their information. Yeah. And they're getting it off of social media. So what are some of the things that you do on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and the likes that, sh that you use to great effect? Natural light. So taking photos in a well-lit um, environment, not direct sunlight. Direct sunlight has like shadows and it's a little bit harsher. It's a little bit less balanced. Mm -hmm. And so even when I look back at my pictures from 10, 15 years ago of food, it's the worst to me right now if I have to do an event at night and I, I want to capture the essence of the event because it's not as like photogenic. The food right. isn't as photogenic when right. it's uh, low light settings. So taking food or any element of any product of anything that you're doing to bring it out into a natural light, a low light natural light where it's it's indirect sunlight um, is has been a huge uh, trick that I've used over the years now. And then um, posting, posting regularly, so mm. at least once or twice a day. Mm. And if you can't post on your actual feed, even if you just post on your stories, mm. uh, that just keeps people in a top of mind setting, you know? Yeah. So an, an awareness is really what you're looking to gain. 
if visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? They can connect with me on Instagram uh, via direct message, or they can call the restaurant and leave a message for and me. What's your handle on Instagram? It's locale farm to table. And locale within. It's so locale, the definition, or by uh, by definition, locale is um, L-O-C-A-L-E, and it's the spot. So it's a location, coordinates. If you were to pull up a map, um, locale is the name of the restaurant. It's so the place to be. It is the place to be. It's a play on words for us because we really wanted it to be indicative of uh, two things, like where you are and like being proud of where you are in Bakersfield, um, I feel like a lot of people are, are eager to spread positivity right now about Bakersfield and just be proud of things that we're doing in this community. And so for me, locale has been something that can stand for like progress. Sure. Um, and then also local. So a play on words because it looks like it could meet local, but it's really locale. So locally sourced ingredients and just supporting our local community. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify and leave a comment. We love the comments that visioneers like you go ahead and give this program. And when we come back, we're gonna go ahead and dive deeper into the creative aspects of Locale Farm to Table and more specifically, some of the challenges that Heather has overcome quite successfully when we come right back. My name is Josh D'Amigo and I'm a Toastmaster from Ventura, California. Toastmasters has helped me build my career and relate to small business owners in a myriad of ways. Too many ways to list in 30 seconds. But the most impactful way that Toastmasters has helped me is to come up with believable answers to really bad questions on the fly. This is not just in my presentations at work, but it's also at city council meetings and at my local chamber. I invite you to join us at Toastmasters and I look forward to seeing you there. Toastmasters, the fun and relaxed group of leaders who will help you get ahead. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and set your business ahead of COVID and ahead of your competition. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button. That's Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button today. We're here with Heather Laganelli, the owner of Locale Farm to Table, and our visioner question comes from Megan who asked, my partner and I have come to the realization that in order for a business to grow, we need to change the type of customer we serve. What have you done to change your business so you can attract the kind of customer your business needs in order to grow? That's a really, it hits home, that question hits home for me because mm. uh, in the beginning of Locale, we were catering to customers that were not our, like, our ideal customer. Right. And we had to figure out a way to attract that ideal customer mm -hmm. and kind of be okay with phasing out of the customers that just really didn't meet our, uh, they weren't in line with our business. Mm. And so um, I actually was talking to Daryl from uh, State Farm the other day. I don't know if you've- Oh, he, Daryl Dean Santos? Yes, Daryl Dean Big Santos. Big fan of the show. Yes. yes. Have you interviewed him yet? I haven't, but uh, he is on the list. We're, okay. we're waiting for him to get to his five-year mark so that he can be on the show. He's like ready. I know. He's I totally know. ready. You don't have to wait for him. He always, I was talking to him yesterday. He has. He's always sending me good reads and recommendations. Yes. And he's full of insight. And even uh, we, we've been having some struggles with staffing mm -hmm. lately. And so I told him, you know, I have some people that have, like, they want to be they want to be here. They truly want to be right. a part of our team. 
they just don't have the know-how or the experience or the the uh, capabilities right now to 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 provide our customers with a service that we stand for. Right. And so he was giving me some tips. He's like, "Well, have you done a top ten yet?" <laughs> and I was like, "A top ten? What, Daryl?" And he's like, "Okay, so show them. They need to write a list of ten things that uh, that they how they receive appreciation. So if it's thank you or like list it one to ten. Thank you or high five or a free." lunch or free drink or day off or whatever it is that they would need to show that they're valued and then use that as an incentive-based program to kind of like elevate their uh, work ethic. Right. Nice. So that was his like little tidbit of information for me sure. yesterday. So, sure. Nice. Well, yeah. he's a great guy. He is. So back to, back, back to our question. Yes. <laughs> back to our question. Well, just like we timed out for a minute and now we're going to go back. <laughs> um, yeah. So just finding the Finding the, uh, taking the time to get feedback from our customers was one thing. And mm. even though I didn't like it at the time, and I still, feedback's hard. Feedback's hard for everybody. Especially when you don't like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, who wants to hear criticism all the time? Right. That's, that's difficult. But it's relevant. And I already knew when I started the business that I was going to have some hurdles um, because I was trying to, trying to utilize the people that were coming in and the revenue source that was coming in right off the get-go right. and um, trying to find the, the real uh, customer base that we, that we strived for, trying to get those customers in. So we, we just try to take notes and figure out, you know, hear feedback and try to uh, take that information that we got from the people that were coming in with a grain of salt because those, the customers that we had in the beginning were not our like, ideal customer. Right. Um, so using uh, social media platforms and advertising and just networking. I think I went to more networking events in that first year right. than I've gone to in my entire life just to kind of pass. I would, I would show up on a Friday after we closed here with cookies in my purse at a networking event and I would pass out menus and be like, oh, have you heard of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or I would bring a friend and I, would, I, I don't like really necessarily talking about what we do. I'm not the type of person who's going to go out and be like, I do this, and I do that. But if somebody comes and they want to share a little bit about me for me, I feel like that's like an ideal situation. Right. It's kind of awkward to talk about yourself all the time, <laughs> you know? It's not my favorite thing to do. Self-promotion's not your thing, huh? I mean, I could do it, but it's not, it's not my favorite thing to do. It doesn't sound as authentic when it comes from somebody else, I think, especially if it's your business, your heart and soul's in it, then everybody would assume that this is something that you're passionate about. And if you weren't passionate about it, then if I wasn't passionate about my business, then I don't know. Like, Who is? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of challenges in the beginning, but just finding that customer base and really uh, talking to people and networking and getting you know the right types of people in our business was a huge uh, challenge for us in the beginning. Through social media, through uh, press releases, through uh, the newspaper through advertising, through word of mouth, and through just we went. We did the same thing that the, the former owner did. We went around to businesses in the area. We went around to salons and salons and doctors' offices and uh, corporations, and just passed out our menu and told people about what we were doing. Being a creative and owning a business are two very different things. They take up two different hemispheres of the brain. This is true, as as it were. One of the things about being a creative is that you have the ability to control the canvas. When you own a business with employees, you can't necessarily control the canvas. Yeah. How, what have you learned 
from owning the business about delegation and was this something that was a, a challenge for you giving up that control or was this something that just came naturally and you said sure go ahead and I'll trust you guys <laughs> I'm taking it by the body language the answer is no <laughs> deep breath deep breath um yeah I roll my eyes even so like I literally have to take a minute to like compose myself because I mean as a creative um I've always been the one who has been able to create the end result to from start to finish, to come up with a concept, to put it into motion, to execute it, and then to put it out there. And so with catering, it's always been fun for me because that's like, I can do that. I can be a one-man shop, and I can cater, and I can do private parties, and I can make a cake, and I can do... You can play. I can do whatever I want. Sure. But when it comes to getting people on board, I've learned a lot about... Um, connecting with people that are like-minded and trying to find people that have a similar vision so that it's not as difficult to uh, produce the same end result. But it's a huge challenge. I struggle with it every day. Every single day of my life, I struggle with it. <laughs> I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, these are the things that have to get done. How can I divide? It, they're probably not, it, it's not humanly possible probably to get these things done today. And even if I were to delegate them, I might not even check off the 75,000 things that are on my take my to-do list. Right. So just kind of letting go of some of that control and like passing the reins on to other people has been a huge challenge. My whole, uh, I think one of my biggest skills, I don't know if you would sure. call it, sure. would be um, my attention to detail. And there have been times when like yesterday I was talking to one of my team members and I'm like, okay, these plants, they need to look a certain way. Like every time somebody sits at the table, this is the first impression that they have at our restaurant. So if, if somebody looks at this plant and there's like a dead piece of plant somewhere, then that's not okay. So if you need to go around and like just literally just make these plants look pretty. And, and there's a kid, line of people out the door and around the block. And of course, orders are coming off the phone and you're worrying about a dead leaf in a plant. Before we open, before we open <laughs> and after we close, these are this is like a side work item, right? And so as I'm looking at these plants in the establishment, I'm like, okay, I know I could go around and prune all these plants, but I can't. if I do that, then my business doesn't have the potential to grow. And so just figuring out ways to, to really uh, prioritize what is going to be what's going to give my customers the best experience ever and trying to figure out how to de delegate out some of the things that I, other people can do and trying to just really focus on the things that I can only do that are proprietary to me. How did you figure out how to do that priority list? Uh, I went to school originally for, for uh, a double major in art and psychology as an art therapist. That was my like sure. original like hope and dream and goal in life. And for those who don't know, what is art therapy? Art therapy, so it's a combination of using psychology and art to uh, in a therapeutic way. So mm. trying to either connect with people through, uh, connect with people's minds through art. Mm. So it was a double major in art and psychology. Right. And um, when, I, when I enrolled in the program originally, I was, 100% gung-ho about doing it. And then I realized that I had the talent and an ability from the creative side. I didn't know that it even existed until I was in this program and I was doing things that just were like reflexive to me. And I noticed that other people had a really difficult time, you know, just kind of mixing colors or visually having the ability to like create an aesthetic. Right. Um, so when I look at some of the things that I've learned about myself over the years and just 
through my studying psychology and just my passion for people and connecting with people, having the ability to uh, assess what somebody's capabilities are and trying to connect um, and put them in positions that they're set up to succeed has been a huge challenge for me in this business. How have you been able to take this talent and look in the mirror and assess yourself? I am the queen of reflection. I am <laughs> okay. literally all about every day, all day, I recap my day and try to figure out ways that I could have had more success or made something easier for somebody or even spoken in a way that might have impacted somebody in a different way or uh, it's just who I am. Uh, I think it's part of my upbringing maybe or I don't even know where it came from. I haven't really 100% identified that yet. But how has this helped you in your business? So I think it helps because it, it it's real, you know? Like when you, I, I, I talk to my staff sometimes and they're like, sometimes Heather, I think that you have really high expectations and that you think I'm capable of doing these things that I don't even know I'm capable of doing. And, but it's true. I mean, when you're able to see somebody's ability, ability and talent and and try to figure out ways to put them in positions that are gonna set them up for success. Um, it's definitely a challenge. It's not always successful. It's, there's a lot of trial and error, but that's that's my goal every day. And it's helped me because it's been able. I've been able to um, weigh out options. You know, sometimes I'll start somebody. I'll have this dream. Somebody will say like, oh, "I'm a chef. I work the line. I do these things." And they get on the line, and they're just not. The setting isn't right for them. And so I have to figure out ways to move them around and like utilize somebody that has a good heart and good intentions and is just a really great person and try to figure out how I can still like keep them as a part of our team without, um, without, uh, without challenging or disrupting their, their flow. That's been, that's been a huge challenge for me, but it's been something that's been kind of fun at the same time, you sure. know? And we'll be right back. The reason we're here with Heather Laganelli of Farm to Table is because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. They reached out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and they wanted to find out how do you take an existing business and transform it into a vision of your own. And that's why we're here, all because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. They reached out to us on LinkedIn. Facebook, and Instagram. So if you've got a question, you've got something that you've wanted to learn about, let us know. Go ahead and reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. We're here with Heather Laganelli, the owner of Locale Farm to Table, and our visionary question comes from Drew who asks, due to COVID, we are offering new and different products and services that we used to sell. How do you figure out what problems your business solves for your customers? So this was something that was really uh, a great test during the pandemic mm. for us because we, uh, we had to pivot a lot. A lot of our, our business was based on experiences and like you said, in interacting with art and with the music and the food and the plating and the ambiance and the presentation. And so for us, uh, we had to figure out what the customer would need, our customers and our, our tried and true fans would want and need and look forward to during a time that was a little bit well, Especially different. when all that was taken away. Yeah, all of that was taken away. So we were no longer able to uh, provide the experience um, at our establishment, but we still wanted to provide people with an experience, especially during a time of 
hopelessness, you know? So charcuterie boards were something that we, uh, it was created an elevated experience for our guests. And even if they were just coming to a takeout window, we had uh, live music still during the pandemic, which was crazy. Right. Um, our musicians were just propped outside with masks on and they were socially distanced. Playing and the guitar. To people in their cars shit. while they waited for lunch. Like literally we were encouraging customers to roll their window down and just take in some music because <laughs> that was something that was a huge, there was a void. There's a void in the entertainment world, mm. uh, going out, interacting, socializing, and experiencing live music and things that were uh, luxuries for us. When we kind of, I think a lot of people took that for granted. Right. Um, so having that ability to kind of bring that back into the day to day was something that was really impactful for our customers. So charcuterie was one way. Another way was family meals. We um, we just try to get feedback from people and see. I try to put myself in positions of uh, of what I would want if I was home with kids or if I was home with a family working from home and what would I want to have in my life. We did a lot of wine tasting experiences to go. Uh, family meals, wine tasting experiences and charcuterie were three ways that we kind of pivoted during right. the pandemic to just provide customers with an adventure at home, like sure. an experience and an adventure at home. And a charcuterie board is really that. It's the essence of an adventure. You get a combination of meat and cheese and different um, elements that are creative and you're pairing things and trying to like navigate through a space that's like uncharted so it's fun especially when you've made your wine via san rucci and yes. you made it yourself so we do have our private label of wine <laughs> there he goes this is the cabernet from uh, san rucci and then we also have a chardonnay from them as well and so uh yeah, pairing our wine with the with the boards have been really fun. Sure. And the cheese elements. So we do, I don't know if you've tried, have you had the ability to try any of our charcuterie yet? I haven't yet. You need to try it. I will. It requires an advance notice. We need like three hours notice. Okay. But, um, but we make, we do like cheese concoctions. So we'll mix up, so right now uh, strawberries are in season. So we'll take some lemon curd, we'll make lemon curd, or we'll, we'll get berries from the farmer's market and we'll mix that up with goat cheese or blue cheese or different types of cheese and we'll coat them in a local nut. Nice. Tell me about the Apple Corps project. So Jackie from the Hen's Roost. Um, and the Hen's she, Roost is a restaurant. The Hen's Roost is a restaurant and Jackie is also uh, and Jackie is the proprietor, Jackie Allen. Okay. So Jackie and I built a relationship from the get-go. Mm -hmm. um, she was one of the biggest uh, advocates for locale, transitioning from Union Station Deli and locally sourcing our ingredients and just connecting with people to kind of give uh, locale a bit of a uh, of an insight into the farmers and connections with people that are already doing things that I was looking for. Sure. Um, so she has a nonprofit. It's called the Apple Corps Project, and they do all different types of things. I mean, I've gone out to. Uh, uh, long-term extended living um, on Union Avenue where mm. it's like a hotel right. and uh, families live in the hotel rooms and the last Wednesday of the month she feeds um, these she feeds that establishment I don't even know what it's called there's a, it's a hotel but right. uh, she I think there's 150 or almost 200 people that wow she'll um, set up a line of uh, like a food line for right. and she partners with different uh, restaurants and organizations to kind of sponsor different elements of that meal and we've done that with her a couple of times and then just recently she asked me to go out and do a cooking class for a community garden that she had built nice. on the east side um, and so it was really neat we had an opportunity to teach about 30-ish women and there were a few men in the mix as well and 
they grew elements, uh, different elements in their garden, and then we took those elements and created uh, meals and sauces and dressings, and uh, I taught them how to make uh, gardening food tastes good so people really were they were like concerned sure. there was it's like, a carrot yes. carrots don't taste yes, good. yes literally and there were so many people that were like i don't want that sure. and then we they were before we knew it they were asking for seconds so we just took carrots and local almonds and um butter and local honey and uh, some parsley and before you know it, a little bit of sea salt uh we converted 100 percent of the people that were there to carrot lovers and just got them excited about what they were growing, which is kind of neat. You have quoted, because I do my homework before I do these conversations, but you have said on numerous occasions, be with present. Not be present, but be with present. Okay, so be with and be present. Two things that I've been striving to do for the last couple of years now. And uh, in the restaurant, it's hard for me because there's so many directions that I'm pulled in and there's so many different hats that I wear and every day I'm constantly somebody drives by and I'm like okay is that person gonna drive by or are they gonna like come towards this space I'm, I'm in like protection mode I guess <laughs> like I'm constantly aware of my surroundings and sure. trying to navigate and make sure that things are going as smoothly as they possibly can go and so just kind of taking the time and um just to look, look people in the eyes and and be with the person that I'm with and just actually taking in as much as I possibly can from what's in front of me instead of um, my peripheral. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. We live in challenging times, especially if you're a restaurateur. Mm -hmm. What do you do to recognize that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train? No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no uh, it's just day by day. For me, every day is a different day. And I, I, I try to wake up with a, a mindset of, you know, there's going to be fires. Every day I'm going to have certain fires that I'm going to put out. And uh, I lean on a lot of my peers, um, especially during, during the last year. Just, I, I mean, there's been so many unpredictable moments. And just kind of connecting with people that are going through the same things that I'm going through and having the ability to kind of like problem solve and talk through some of the things that, uh, the challenges that we've been faced with. Um, just really using, utilizing the resources that I have and leaning on the community and my peers to kind of uh, just provide hope. And we've done a lot of actual uh, hope uh, projects over the last year or so. We did a wall of hope where we had our customers write down inspirational messages about uh, their life and we posted it on our wall inside and then we did a wall of hope and we did a little hope challenge we've done a, quite a few things around hope um our alley in the back right behind us is mm -hmm. a rotating art alley uh -huh. and during uh covid i had painted myself a um a mural and it said uh kindness changes everything and i was just trying to instill you know the belief that this is a this is a temporary time for us this is a a blimp this is a little moment, just a small moment in our lives. And it's going to be over before we know it. And, and life will kind of, you know, uh, 10 years from now, we'll look back and we'll laugh about all of the abstrosity, you know, like right. all of the sure. craziness that we went through with masks and cleanliness and sanitation and everything that we went through. So just 
day by day and leaning on people that have gone through trying times and are going through similar things that I'm going through has been kind of what I've done. If visioneers want to find out the locale, the place to be, how do they do that? So they can go on to Instagram or onto Facebook and check out what we offer. And, and what's your Instagram handle? It's Locale Farm to Table and we are located at 18th and G Street. We're right by the Padre, by the post office as well. So they can come on by. We have black and white umbrellas up Monday through Friday from 10 to 3. We're a lunch establishment. We do catering and private parties and, and birthday events and all of the good things. So they can always reach out via direct message on Instagram. That's my preferred method of contact. Well, Heather, this has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And we'll be right back with my final thought. My name is Josh D'Amigo and I'm a Toastmaster from Ventura, California. Toastmasters has helped me build my career and relate to small business owners in a myriad of ways. Too many ways to list in 30 seconds. But the most impactful way that Toastmasters has helped me is to come up with believable answers to really bad questions on the fly. This is not just in my presentations at work, but it's also at city council meetings and at my local chamber. I invite you to join us at Toastmasters and I look forward to seeing you there. Toastmasters, the fun and relaxed group of leaders who will help you get ahead. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and set your business ahead of COVID and ahead of your competition. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button. That's Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button today. My wife and I have a dog named Bella, and she's about 12 years old. We refer to her as a schnotty dog. She is part Scottish Terrier. She's a mutt, and she's about 18 inches tall. But over the 12 years, she's learned a few things. And a couple weeks ago, my wife and I were cooking dinner, and we're very busy people, so when we get the opportunity to cook dinner together, we do. And we were cooking steak that night, and my wife was cutting up the steak. And we also have a pair of Russian blue cats, and one of them, his name is Sasha. When Sasha jumped up on the counter, startled my wife, and a piece of steak went flying through the air, to which Bella was happened to be in the right place at the right time. She snatched that piece of steak right out of midair. Bella had been focused on what was important. Over the 12 years of her life, she had studied what was important. She knew that if she put herself in the right place, at the right time and practiced enough, when the opportunity arose, she would be there ready to get it. How about you and your business? Are you practicing the things that you need to practice to be in the right position to strike when the opportunity arises? Are you ready for that piece of steak to come flying through the air and snatch it out of midair? Until next time, We'll see you here on Small Business Celebration, and I hope that our conversation with Heather Laganelli here at Farm to Table gave you some insight for your business and gave you some thoughts of something that you can use to grow a strong and profitable business, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. 
Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.